I invite you to take your Bibles, if you will, and turn with me to the New Testament book of Matthew, the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 11. We'll begin at verse 28. Matthew, chapter 11, beginning at verse 28, where Jesus says, Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Will you pray with me? Almighty God, we are so grateful for your holy word and grateful for the privilege now of studying it together. God, as I stand before these, your people, this this is your church. So I pray that this would be your message and not my own through the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. Life is not easy, is it? It's not easy for any of us. And I guess that's been the case from all time because even Jesus is addressing that when he says, come to me, all of you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens. Weary. That Greek word there actually is a word that implies if you're just fatigued, if you're just tired and exhausted. I don't know about you, but it wasn't that long ago I was having a conversation with my wife and I was just sharing, I'm just, I'm just tired. I just feel so tired. I guess most of us feel that way. And then heavy burdens, the Greek for that word is, is just if you feel so loaded up, if you just feel so overburdened, you're just carrying so much stuff on your shoulders. And when we look at our lives, when we look at our calendars, when we look at the hecticness of our pace, we, we are just so busy that we are tired and we're just carrying so much that we get overloaded and Going through the COVID pandemic didn't really help that at all. We were already stressed. We were already going through so much. And then when you add shutdowns and changes to life, changes with children's schedules, grandchildren's schedules, changing with work schedules, life schedules, how do we do these things? It threw us all in a, in a bind. As a matter of fact, the American Psychological Association has said that we are facing a national mental health crisis that could yield serious health and social consequences for years to come. We're not sure what the impact of all this will be on children. So many children's lives have been impacted, their school age years, their preschool years, their beginning years. It's been a difficult time for children. Our youth have had to struggle, even though they already have so many pressures on their lives, the academic pressures that they have, the, the pressures to succeed in sports that they have. This, the pressures they have to succeed in life, it's so overwhelming. And this, this change, what has it done to us and adults even? How has it impacted our lives? We may not know for years what going through a pandemic like this has really done to us on the inside. But beyond that, 55% of Americans say that they are stressed during the day. 
55%. That's over half of us in the United States are saying that, that we are stressed every day. And interestingly enough, the global average is around 35%. So we are about 20% higher in the stress that we carry here in the United States than the global average. What does that say about us? What does it say about our lives? What does it say about what's going on inside of us? To the point that the survey also shared that 63% of U.S. workers are ready to quit their jobs to avoid work-related stress. How do we handle that? And Jesus then speaks to us in the scripture. He's speaking to the church. So he's speaking to you. He's speaking to me and he stretches out his arms and he says, come, come to me. He offers us an invitation. And one of the greatest blessings or gifts is when someone invites us to come to them, to come to their home or come and have dinner at the table, to share life together. It's a sacred privilege. We were doing a memorial service for someone recently that I greatly admired all of my life. And I share with the family, it is just such a sacred privilege to share life together. And Jesus here looks at you and looks at me, sees the busyness of all that's going on. And he says, come, you're tired. You're carrying so much. Come to me with outstretched arms. Come, come here. As a matter of fact, the stained glass window behind me is considered by the, by the artist who designed it to be the come unto me depiction of Jesus with the arms that are outstretched, the knee that is bent as Jesus is walking in our direction. It's that invitation of Jesus for us as the church, the body of Christ, his children, come to me, come into my arms. Let me hold you. Let me help you. I know you're tired. I, I know you're overburdened. I'm here for you. And what I love by that as well is that Jesus doesn't say, now, once you get your act together, come see me. Once you're doing fine, once all is well, once you've got it all figured out, once you're without a care in the world, then you can come and worship me, be with me. Actually, Jesus says, no, I invite you to come to me when you're just at your lowest. Just come to me. And the beautiful thing in that scripture as well is that Jesus says, come to me all of you. And that includes you and me. Because when you hear this scripture, I want you to hear wherever you are and whatever you're doing right now. And you may be going, I'm actually multitasking because I'm already at the office or I'm working on something or whatever it may be. I want you to hear Jesus saying to you today, come to me, all of you. And that includes you. And it includes me. It's not an invitation to someone else or a story about someone else. This is for you as much as it is for anyone. As a matter of fact, there's a hymn that I grew up singing in the church. It's called Softly and Tenderly. And the song says, Softly and Tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. Come, come home. It's a beautiful song. Jesus says, Come to me. And then he says in verse 29, take my yoke upon you. 
Now, I do love that image of take my yoke upon you. And Tom Long, who's an amazing biblical scholar, New Testament scholar, as well as a preacher and preaching professor, Tom Long says what Jesus offers here is not a hammock, but a yoke. And he doesn't say to us, you can come to me, just sit down, relax. I've got these recliners. I've got these couches. You know, we're just going to do the lazy boy thing here. That's not what he says at all. He says, come to me. I know you're tired. I know you're labored. So take my yoke upon you. Now, I want you to get the image of that because a yoke is that wooden beam that you see going across the neck and shoulders of oxen or other animals who are working in the field. And, and what it does, that word yoke means a coupling. It's a coupling or a connecting. In other words, a yoke was designed when there needed to be more than one pulling the load. And the yoke would then connect the two animals together so that they now pulled together. When a load was too heavy for one person to carry all by themselves or one animal to carry all by itself, they would use the yoke then and that would connect them together so that they could do even more. And Jesus is saying, take my yoke upon you. My yoke, I I'll share this load with you. Now, this is in contrast to the rabbis because the rabbis and the the scribes, the Pharisees, others, they taught that the yoke was the law, the Torah, first five books of the Bible. And so there was the weight of carrying that. But to make it worse, the Pharisees and the scribes had then interpreted what that meant to the point that it was almost impossible to, to carry out the law or to do what was expected. And so now there's all this guilt and all this shame and all these things that people were carrying. Jesus will actually talk about that again in Matthew chapter 23, verse 1, when he said, then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat and therefore do whatever they teach you and follow it, but do not do as they do, for they do not practice what they teach. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on the shoulders of others, but they themselves are unwilling to lift a finger to move them. Jesus said, actually, I want you to take up my yoke. Not a yoke, not their yoke, not the yoke, but take my yoke. Meaning that Jesus is already there, And he's inviting, come alongside of me. I I will help you pull this thing. I will help you get through life. I will share this load with you. I will share this burden with you. So come here and you can you can almost sense it's already on Christ, but he's going, come under here. We'll pull this thing together. And, and, and that's the beauty of the incarnation. The whole thing we celebrate at Christmas is that when God so loved the world that God himself came to live among us, take on human form, share life with us, experience life with us. And then he promised the last thing he says. So again, staying in Matthew 28, verse 20, he actually says, and remember this, I am with you always. I I will pull with you always. So whatever it is, when I know you're tired and, and I know you're carrying so much, 
but come to me, take my yoke, get next to me. I'm going to help you get through this. I'm going to help you pull this. And together we're going to be able to do it in an amazing way. And then Jesus says, and learn from me. Learn from me. A disciple is actually an apprentice, so we find that master teacher, and we learn from them, we follow them, we emulate them, we seek to be like them. And Jesus knew what that was like. Remember that Jesus' father, Joseph, was actually a carpenter. So Jesus grew up with that. And we don't have a lot of stories of Jesus as a little child, but you can imagine with the culture of the day and how things would go, Joseph there being a carpenter, Jesus being the oldest son, there, there had to be times when he would go, son, can you help me with this? Can you hand me that hammer? Can you hand me that saw? What I'm doing now is this. Do you know what I'm doing? Do you know why I'm doing it? Watch this. This is how you do this. And Jesus began to learn. And pretty soon he would be able to, you want to give it a try. And Jesus would have the opportunity then to try and to do the work while being overseen or taught by the master, by his father. And Jesus then becomes a carpenter. And Jesus then is able to provide for his family as well. He knew what it was like. I love horses. I grew up out in the country. There were horses all around on a Sunday afternoon when we would be sitting outside and playing football outside or whatever. There's so many Sundays when families would come by riding their horses nearby. And uh, we had horses that we could ride with our cousins and others. And, and, and the horses I really enjoy watching and being around are the draft horses, those big, strong horses. And when we lived at Oak Ridge, North Carolina, just above the Greensboro Airport, they used to have the annual Oak Ridge Horse Show. And I loved going to the horse show. The church was part of that. It actually started as a ministry of the church and a drive of the church. I would go to the horse show because they'd have the draft pull. These big horses that would, would come around and they would pull together as a team. I've always kind of had this uh, dream that someday I, I would own a couple of those horses. We have a friend who owns some draft horses and they have carriages that they go to different towns during the Christmas season and do the carriage rides and, and they'll go to wedding ceremonies and take the bride and groom off after the ceremony for a carriage ride, other things. I just think that would be awesome. Have a pair of horses to be able to work together as a team like that. But you don't just throw two horses together. That, that takes some work. It, it takes a while to link them up. It takes some time with two horses coming together. You've got to work with them for a while to get them in sync with each other, to get them to learn to trust each other, to be able to pull together, to know that you're not going to lean over here and bite me or, or headbutt me or whatever else, but, but to get in sync. And one of the things they'll often do is take an experienced draft horse and then the inexperienced horse, they'll team them up together so that the younger horse can learn from one who knows what they're doing. They'll hear the commands, know when to pull, know when to stop, what right and left means, how this works together. And soon working with them day after day after day, you'll start seeing them get in sync together. One of the most beautiful sounds, I think, and maybe I'm a little crazy, but I, I think one of the most beautiful sounds is when you have a team of horses that are so in sync that you hear the hoofs that are hitting together as they are so in sync, it almost sounds like a musical 
cadence. But it takes some time to learn how to work with each other and to be able to pull together and to know when do we pull, when do we stop, how do we do this? One of the strongest horses is a Belgian horse. You may have seen them around. And, and, and here's an interesting fact for you, and that is a Belgian horse is so strong that it can pull up to 8,000 pounds. Now picture that. that. I mean, just think about the muscles and the strength of a horse to be able to pull 8,000 pounds. And then you would think then, so if I take this horse that can pull 8,000 pounds and I team it up with this other horse that can pull 8,000 pounds and I hook them together, we'll be able to pull 16,000 pounds. I mean, just imagine what that's like, but that's not true. Did you know if you take two horses like that that can pull up to 8,000 pounds a piece and you put them together, they'll actually pull not 16,000 pounds, but 20,000 pounds or up to 24,000 pounds. In other words, they're not just two times their individual pulling power because you've got the two horses together, but you can take two horses and pull three times their individual pulling power. But that's not all. Did you know that if you take those two horses and you work with them and they spend time pulling together, they spend time as a team day after day, time after time, they will get in sync. They will learn to cue off of each other. They'll learn to, to pull at the same time. And those two horses will, will move up to the point that they're no longer pulling 20 to 24,000 pounds, but they're actually pulling 30 to 32,000 pounds. Picture that. Not just two times their individual rate and not three times anymore. But when they've learned from each other, when they started pulling in sync, when they started depending on each other and pulling together, all of a sudden they can pull up to four times their individual weight because they're now a team. Now picture that when Jesus says, I know that you are so tired and fatigued and I know that you're carrying so much, but come under here, come to me and take my yoke upon me, learn from me, and we'll pull this thing together. We'll pull it together. And Jesus says, I, I am humble in heart. I am gentle. I'm not here to hurt you, to harm you. I will pull with you. As a matter of fact, when Jesus talks about meekness and humility, you see it in the Sermon on the Mount, for example, in Matthew 5, verse 5, when Jesus says, blessed are the meek for they'll inherit the earth. A lot of people think that meekness is weakness. That is not what it means at all. But rather, meekness is bridled strength. It's strength that is kept in check, under control. And draft horses are often known as gentle giants. They have so much strength. And the only way that you actually control one of them is because they let you. But with their strength, they could do what they chose to do. Jesus is saying, come, I'm gentle. I love you. I will serve you. I'll help you pull. 
Dr. Doug Hare, who's a biblical scholar as well, a New Testament scholar, he said that Jesus does not diminish the weight of our accountability to God, but helps us bear that accountability. He said, what Jesus is actually saying is, become my yoke mate. Learn how to pull the load by working beside of me and watching how I do it. The heavy labor will seem lighter when you allow me to help you with it. Jesus says, come to me. I know you're exhausted. I know you are carrying so much in your life. Take my yoke upon you. I'll pull this with you. Learn from me and we'll pull it together and it'll be lighter than you've ever imagined. Jesus said, and I'll give you rest for your souls. Rest. That word is actually used twice, if you called it, in those short verses. Jesus says, come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Now again, the Greek word here for rest actually implies refreshed. Not simply prop your feet up and you don't have to do anything, as we mentioned before. It's not a hammock, as Tom Long said. But you'll be refreshed. You'll be strengthened. You'll be rejuvenated. You'll have new life. You'll be able to pull again. And Jesus says, my yoke is easy. Now that's a, always been a little confusing to me. How in the world is your yoke easy? Because didn't your yoke carry a cross with it? And, and didn't Jesus say in Matthew 16, verse 24, that if anyone wants to become one of his disciples, his followers, they must deny themselves and take up their cross to follow? I mean, how in the world can you say that that's easy and restful? Well, Tom Long, again, the biblical scholar said, to rest is not to stop working. That'll come but to have the calm joy that one's labors are by the grace of God, part of fulfilling this promise. God's rest then is a gift of peace, a gift Jesus gave his disciples, not on a cloudless day, but in the dark night of betrayal. When he said, peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give to you. I do not give as the world gives, so do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. You see, Jesus is not trying to tell you, hook up with me, it's going to be a cushy life. You won't have any problems whatsoever. It's going to be easy, you'll rest. Just sit back, kick back, relax. I'll come and get you someday. So make sure you turn the recliner toward the east so you'll see me return. That's not what he's saying at all. Life's not easy. It's challenging. We get tired. We carry so much. But fortunately, we have a God who doesn't look down and go, whoo, whoo, good luck with that. We have a God who says, Come unto me. Come to me. I, I know you're tired. I know you're carrying a lot in your life. Share it with me. 
take my yoke upon you. We'll pull this thing together. Learn from me. Learn who I'm calling you to be. Watch how we do this. Emulate what I'm doing. We'll get in sync. And that'll make the load that you've been carrying seem like hardly anything to you because I will be right there with you. And Jesus reaches out to you. He said, come unto me, all of you. And that means you. So I invite you to take a moment just to be honest with yourself. I mean, do you have those feelings where you're just going, man, I, I'm, I can't take on another thing. I can't do another thing. I'm so tired. I'm so exhausted. Is it worth it? What I want you to hear in the midst of those questions is the voice of Jesus himself going, come unto me. Your God is reaching out to you right now, regardless of how tired you are. If you even feel like you're going to, I just want to give up. You have a God who's reaching out to you with an invitation. I'll, I'll carry it with you. I'll pull with you. Take my yoke upon you. We'll pull it together. I will not ever let you down. Will you pray with me? God, we are so grateful for your love and grace. And God, life is not easy. It's no wonder that so many people just are at a point where they want to throw up their hands and it's overwhelming at times. And we try to do it by ourselves. That load is way too much for us. What's amazing is, is you call us to yoke up with you and we'll pull together. And you invite us to learn from you and to, to experience your love and your grace and to see how you pull and, and what it is that you're calling us to be and to do so that we can learn to get in sync with you. We can get in step with you. And all of a sudden we can pull more than we ever imagined because it's not us. It's you with us. It's you through us. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So you reach out your arms and God, I pray that the one right now who may be going, man, I, I need somebody beside of me. God, I pray that, that they're going to reach out to you and, and to your embrace. Your loving arms are already reaching out as you say, come to me. And God, I pray that that everyone who needs that embrace is going to reach out their arms to you and that they'll take that yoke and they'll learn from you, get in sync with you and find your rest to be refreshed, rejuvenated, revived and to experience life as we go through it together, yoked with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.